Welcome to the IQ Meets EQ podcast. It's Jackie Broman here, bringing you a mini bite from Legally Wise Women. I think over time that we are getting worse and worse at facing conflict. And I don't particularly know why, except that I understand the brain thinks that conflict is a threat and our brain is wired to have a fright, flight, fight response from a physical threat, but our brain can't tell the difference between a physical and a social threat. Perhaps because we're having less and less physical threats in our lives these days, our brain is hyper alert for social threat. And so I generally think the way people deal with conflict is declining. I think this it's a skill that we need to build, particularly because our brains aren't changing quickly. So we think that social threat is a threat that we need to respond to. And basically, it's something that we could approach far better and have far better outcomes in our conflict conversations than we do, particularly the earlier we have a conversation. So we know from science that when our brain is in a conflict state, so we're triggered, we go into a fight or flight situation the energy going to our brain is depleted because our body is pushing blood and energy ready to go out to our extremities to run. The heart starts pumping harder. We are ready. The adrenaline has flooded our body and the brain capacity is decreased because things have moved away. And so just when we need to actually use our brain, our brain lets us down because our body thinks we're in a physical threat, but we're not. We're just in a social threat. Conflict does not have to be a threat to our physicality, but our brain doesn't know any different. So what do we do? What do we do? We have to calm our brain down, uh, and it's the best skill that we can probably learn. And what calms the brain down? Well, firstly, asking the brain a complex question will push blood back into the brain. The brain likes to solve a problem. So give it a problem. When you know that you've come into a fight or flight response and all it is is a difficult conversation, someone has triggered you over something, don't let your body take over. Ask your brain a complex question and it will draw the blood back into the brain. So a complex question would be a series of three questions. What do I really want from this situation? What don't I want from this situation? And how should I behave if this is really what I want from this situation? The better we get at this, the more we can also recognize the fight or flight response in others and remove it from them too by creating a safe place to have a conversation. And then you can actually have really constructive conversations without them going off the rails and have better resolution to conflict earlier. So Let's use a bit of an example. Say you've got a colleague who just fails to keep commitments. They don't do what they say they're going to do. And it happens all the time. It's very triggering for you. You don't trust him. You don't trust what that he says that he will do what he says he's going to do. However, what do you want from this situation? Yeah, you might want him just to do what he says he's going to do. But overall, you really want to be able to achieve the task overall as a team that you want to be able to achieve. 
What you don't want is for him to become defensive or vengeful about you raising the issue with him. You don't want there to form some kind of block between the two of you. You want to be able to work as a constructive team and not to have extra pressure on you. So the stress of him not doing what he says he's going to do falls back on you. So how should you behave if what you really want is to have a cohesive team around you? Keeping that in mind, that makes the brain actually think it stops you being so triggered. And then you've got to actually approach the conversation. So how would I suggest you do it? Well, firstly, you've got to raise the fact that you want to have a difficult conversation and get the consent to that difficult conversation. But you want to raise it in a way that motivates him to hear your concerns. So what might his concerns be? Well, yeah, he might also be concerned about missing deadlines. He might be concerned about loss of productivity. But it sounds more like he might be more concerned about being able to get out on time. So thinking about what would motivate him to hear your concerns, you can then approach him by saying something like, I've got some really good ideas about how I can be more reliable so that we can meet our deadlines and get out of here on time. So you've made it about yourself. It's non-threatening. And you've brought into play some of the things that he might be motivated by. And then you're going to say, look, it's going to be a sensitive conversation, but I think it will really help if we can talk about it. What do you say? So you get his consent and upfront you're saying that it might be a bit of a difficult conversation. Okay, so that's how you even approach it. Then a little acronym tip to keep you in that conversation, one to remember is called CRIB. So CRIB, commit to staying in the discussion until you have a solution is C. R is recognize the purpose behind the mutual purpose. I is invent a mutual purpose. And B is brainstorm new strategies. So C, you want a commitment to stay in the, you want to commit to stay in the discussion. So the other person also trusts this, just say it. Say it up front and say, look, I commit to staying in this conversation until we have a solution that satisfies us both. I'm committed to getting a resolution to this no matter what it takes. And then you've got to stand by that too. If the problem you have with him is that he doesn't do what he says, you now have committed to staying in the conversation. So do what you're going to, you say you're going to do. The second one was R. So recognize the purpose behind the mutual purpose. So you've gone into this thinking your mutual purpose is probably to be able to meet the deadlines on time and probably to be able to get out on time. So also think about the purpose behind this mutual purpose for him. So a deeper motivation. So yeah, we know that he might want to get out on time, but what are some other things that motivate him? Like his status might be important to him. Fairness might be important. Balance, like work-life balance, autonomy, certainty. So there's a few things that might be an underlying purpose behind the mutual purpose. So you can call on those things throughout the conversation. Certainly after you've said, you look, you commit to having staying in discussion until you've found a solution that satisfies you both, recognize that yes, our mutual purpose is to be able to meet deadlines and get out of here on time. And then draw on some of those other aspects. Talk about, you know, work-life balance or talk about 
being able to be autonomous in the tasks that you're doing, but bringing it back together because we are ultimately a team. Talk about certainty, about being able to be certain about when you can leave and when a job is finished. If you don't have a mutual purpose, then you can invent one. That's what the I is, invent a mutual purpose, even if it seems fairly shallow. So long as it appears like the two of you are working towards a common goal, that is the main thing to keep you in the conversation. And then finally, brainstorm those new strategies. So this is a really crucial point, the brainstorming. So long as the two of you are problem solving and working on the problem, and the problem is meeting your deadlines and getting out of work on time, don't make the problem him. Don't even make the problem you. Make the problem the actual problem. So how are you going to meet your deadlines and how are you going to get out on time? So brainstorm the strategies. If you're brainstorming strategies, you are helping, again, complex questions in the brain. You're preventing a fight-flight response from happening in either of you. You're both feeling like you're contributing and he's buying into the process because if you told him what to do, it's unlikely that he would do it. However, if he suggests the idea, he's more likely to keep to it. So there you go. There's some tips. And over the next couple of mini bites that I do, I'm going to keep working on this issue of facing conflict because, as I said, I think that it's a fairly crucial skill about having hard conversations. The earlier we can have a hard conversation, face conflict head on and pretty much resolve the conflict, the less likely it's going to escalate into a problem that requires some kind of larger dispute resolution or someone walking out on a job or all these other kinds of things which really do become a larger social threat. So let's control our brains by reducing that fight-flight response by asking ourselves those three complex questions. Hold on, I don't want to run away from this. What do I really want? What don't I want? And how should I behave if this is really what I want? And then you've got the crib process of actually staying in a conversation and working towards a resolution. Until next time, try out these couple of conflict resolution tips. I'd love to hear how you've gone. Talk to you soon.